<clears throat> you know, we hear it said sometimes that we're, we're never too old to learn or too young to learn. And there's a lesson for us by way of introduction in Psalm 90, verse 12, that says this. And it's, it's words that's given to us from the scriptures, so it's God's truth. And it says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Numbering our days, recognizing really how few they are and that we're to invest well. You know, uh, if we had a dollar bill, we could spend it any way we want. And I know this isn't profound, but once it's spent, it's gone. And we can use it to waste or we can use it to invest. And, and God wants us to use our lives to invest in the kingdom. And uh, in this message this morning, there's a verse from the Sermon on the Mount that I'd like us to just focus on this morning. And it's a verse that really helps us focus well, to invest well, to use our days to impact eternity. And the verse, of course, is Matthew 6, verse 33. It's there in your notes, and it says this, but seek you first, or seek ye first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And as I read this verse, there's three parts to it, three what I would like to call takeaways from this verse that are good application or good things for us to study this morning. So, so let's look at these three points this morning, takeaways from Matthew 6, verse 33. And the first First one is this, and that is that we're to set our priorities well. We're to have proper priorities. You know, it's uh, easy sometimes to let the urgent take the place of the important. You know, those things sometimes that make us busy that aren't, in fact, bad things, but they're not impactful things. They're just busy things. They can be uh, uh, even housework is, is, a, is a thing at, at times that can be a, a, a busy thing, an urgent thing, but sometimes it's not uh, the important thing. Uh, priorities all look different for us as, as people, but there's one priority, and that's this first thought this morning that comes from this first phrase in verse 6, verse 33, and that priority we all must have, and that is that we're to seek him first. We're to seek him first. Our number one priority, priority, Jesus tells us, that we should seek him and his kingdom. Now, now, what's this look like? First of all, when we seek something, the idea of this word is we're to actively pursue. We're, we're to go after. We're to, to have a drive forward, to, to be in hot pursuit of it. In 1980, there was this beautiful girl on the same campus that I was going to. Uh, this college we were part of, and she was uh, one that caught my eye, and I saw her, so I realized that was someone I wanted to be in hot pursuit of. And uh, she was uh, and is still to this day someone I'm thankful uh, has let me catch her. Uh, you know, it used to be that popular uh, bumper phrase, bumper sticker phrase back then. This isn't my notes, so I'm already in trouble this morning. But that bumper phrase uh, statement that said, if you love someone, let them go. If they come back, they're yours. If not, they never were. So that was my theology at that time. I love her. Hopefully she'll come back. Well, I, I really like what I saw on the back of a truck bumper sticker once. If you love someone, let them go. 
If they come back, they're yours. If they don't, hunt them down and shoot them. <laughs> well, that's not good pursuit, but hot pursuit to pursue after. Uh, my, my point this morning is that, that the, to seek first his kingdom is to seek Christ. My number one priority in life, walking with Jesus, being intimate with Jesus, to, to, to seek him. Now, of course, to do that, we must be in his word. We, we must know him as the king of his word. The Lord is not just someone I, I, I passively accept. He's someone I, I, I need to seek. And you know, um, God doesn't show favorites, but he does allow people to be more intimate with him than some. And that's only because those people make an effort they pursue him. They are actively pursuing. And I see this in John. You remember John the Apostle? You know, he was as close to Jesus as you could get there. I think it's in uh, John 12 or John 13 where he's at the bosom of Christ. And, and that was available to any of the disciples. But he chose to pull in close to be intimate with the Lord. And there's a couple verses that help us affirm this. And they are going to come up on the screen. And the first one's found in James. Where James tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. The idea is to draw close to him, to be connected to him. And God's always facing us. But often we'll turn from him and we'll turn away from him. But the idea of intimacy, of seeking him, of pursuing after him is what this passage in James is teaching us. The other passage that's on the screen there is Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Notice what it says. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Seeking him. Seeking him first. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Putting the interests of God's kingdom first. In my life. Now, hopefully, you've, if you've opened up your Bibles, you're in Matthew chapter 6. And, and there's just a, a, an observation I noticed here, and these verses were part of the video that we looked at earlier. But it, but it says this in verse 30 Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Notice that word faith there. Therefore, don't worry, saying what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I point that section of scripture out to you because there's, there's three thoughts there, faith and father and first. Those three, there's, there's a lot in those, those verses. Those verses, but those three words jump out at me. Faith, Father, and first. And, and faith is putting the Father first. Faith is letting Jesus Christ be number one in your life. And we make the Father first when we make him the first part of our day. When we make him the first part of every paycheck. When we make him the first thought of our conversation. When we make him the first thought of every decision. We, we allow him to be the king, the throne of our hearts. And this happens when we put our faith and trust in him. You know, uh, Brian's just finished up a series on the life of Moses. And I think of the faith that 
uh, Moses lived out. And in Hebrews 11, notice what it just says about his faith. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. So their faith in the Lord. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So when you think of Moses and his faith, he was a seeker of putting God first. Uh, In that passage, it continues to read, it says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible by faith, and he kept the Passover. So again, by faith, it led him to seek the Lord. And then one more as we continue through that passage in verse 29, it says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, the Bible says, to dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so, but they drowned. You see, his faith led him to act. He, he pursued the Lord, and, and the actions of his life were adjusted to what the Lord wanted him to do. So we're to seek the kingdom of God, the word kingdom, to rule, to, to reign. And that's what the kingdom is, a place where a king rules. And, and when we seek the kingdom of God, we seek the rule and the reign of God over every part of the life we live and those people that we're involved with we want that for them as well so in your notes as you as you as we tie this point together as we seek the kingdom we we seek the glory of the king we seek the glory of the king now now we 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 say that lord often in our prayers we'll say god glorify yourself you know um There's a cross-reference to this. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. But but what's the glory of God look like? I had a pastor who uh, mentored me, and he simply said, this is what I see, the glory of God. Putting the attributes of God on display. That is, putting God on display. Putting his glory on display. And as we think of the glory of God, I think of that first message we shared from this series uh, on the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Those are things that we can live out to be, uh, to be gentle, to be merciful, to be pure, to, to be one who seeks after righteousness. That's putting God's glory on display. So when we glorify God, we're living out these attitudes of God. When we seek the glory of the king, he's glorified, not us. And then we're to seek the guidance of the king when you think of this. The guidance of the king. Lord, what do you want for my life today? And you know, when we ask him that, often it's an adjustment. It's not quite what our plan is. And it's going where God is working and joining him. We adjust our lives to what he has, to what his plan is for our life. So there's, we seek the glory of the king, we seek the guidance of the king, and then there's one more thought here, we seek the government of the king. And we use that word because the idea of governing is to let him lead us. You know, uh, I don't know a whole lot about engines, but I do know most engines have a governor. And that governor adjusts the speed and allows the engine to run smoothly. And it's necessary for that governor to perform well. You know, I, I, I've been over to Challenger 3 before where they have those go-karts. And, you know, those governors allow the cars to all run about the same speed. 
And wouldn't it be nice to not have to have a governor on those because then you could really go fast. You wouldn't want to do that with Brian Glisson without a governor, though, would you? But the idea is that God just uh, holds on to us and lets us, lets, we let him lead us. We let him govern us. So think about it this way. If my will is to do God's will always, then my will will always be done. If the will of, uh, of God is something I seek after and strive for, then I'm just going to naturally do his will and I'm going to have the desires of my heart. Psalm 37, 4 tells us this. Delight ourselves in the Lord and he'll give us the desires of our hearts. So we, so we seek him. We seek after him. We seek his glory, his guidance, and him to govern our life. That's the first takeaway here. We, we, we seek first the kingdom. We have proper priorities. What are the priorities he has for us this morning to pursue him? to be actively pursuing him. There's a second takeaway, and it's taken from the phrase, his righteousness, his righteousness. And the idea of righteousness here, this takeaway I see here is that we're to seek personal purity. We're to be pure people. When I simplify the idea of the word righteousness, it simply means right living. His righteousness means me seeking after his character within me. Now, what's the character of God look like? Well, I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to just list some things about the character of God. And these you can uh, fill in in your passport if you'd like. But as I think of what God's characteristics, God's attributes are like, there's several. I don't have them all here, but there's some that I'd just like us to focus on this morning. And the first one is that God is totally separate and absolutely pure. He's totally separate and absolutely pure. Uh, there's a reference that goes along this 1 John 1, verse 5. And the Bible says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God's a perfect being. He, he, he can't sin. He's light. He's not able to sin. He, 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 he's perfect. He's pure. Here's another thought. God's eternal. In other words, there's no beginning or there's no end with God. Psalm 90 tells us, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God tells us, Before Abraham was, I am. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega Revelation says. So, so there's an eternal, and that's kind of hard for us to get our mind around because we always base everything on time. But for God, there's no beginning. There's no ending. So he's an eternal God. He's an omniscient God. And that's a word that simply means he knows it all. He's an all-knowing God. Psalm 147 tells us, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Everywhere present all at once. That's kind of neat to think about, that he knows all about us when we're going through a storm, when we're doing life, he's there. Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. He's, he's everywhere present. Psalm 139, a great reference for us as we feel lonely at times, as we feel sad at times. You know, the fact that God 
is everywhere present for us. There's three more. He's omnipotent. In other words, he's, he's all-powerful. Revelation tells us, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. It's the sound of many waters, and it's the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God is omnipotent. He reigns. He's immutable. Another word for he doesn't change. He, he can't change his mind. For instance, he's going to love us throughout eternity. Does not change. And James helps us with this. Every good gift, every perfect gift from above comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. He's immutable. I'm sure glad he doesn't change his mind. Well, you know, you're a dud. I'm changing my mind on you. You're kicked out of heaven. It's never going to happen if our relationship with him is, is, is right. So we, he can't change his mind. And then there's one more on this idea of the characteristics of God, and that is that he's holy. God is holy. God is set apart from the absence of evil. And, of course, we can strive after holiness. This is one of those attributes that we're capable of, to be holy. First uh, Peter tells us to be holy as he is holy. So these, these characteristics of God that help us see him, that help us praise him. And, and let me just encourage you with something real quick here. When you think of the characteristics of God, when you think of who he is, let me encourage you to, to focus on him. And a great way to focus on him, this is something uh, a, a lady in my previous ministry taught, taught me. She said, just start going through the alphabet and focus on who he is through the alphabet. Like take the letter A and see, see him as an awesome God as an almighty God, the letter B. He's a, he's a big God. He has no boundaries, the letter C. You get the idea? I don't have one for C. I can't think of one, but you, you, can, you can figure it out. You might have to cheat a little bit when you come to X and the Z, but, you know, be creative. Uh, think of that when you think of the greatness of God and the character of God. Now, as, as we go through this, as a follower of Christ, there are characteristics that he has that we can also possess. And, and these attitudes can characterize a life that belongs to the follower of Christ. And, and these are attitudes that, that I see that come from the book of Galatians. When we think of those fruits of the Spirit that, that are listed there uh, in Galatians chapter 5. And let's, let's just go through some of these characteristics of, uh, of that, that can be lived out in the life of the follower. That first one is love. You know, we are capable of the love of Christ and to be truly a follower of him by our love. <clears throat> John 4, 13 gives us that idea of what the great commandments are. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also may love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if, if we have love for one another. So again, that characteristics of, of, of love. Uh, a love that leads to a willing, self-sacrificial service. You know, great opportunity for you to use this week to, to serve, to show love to, to these uh, young people that God's going to bring to our church uh, these next several days. And uh, I encourage you to be involved with that. Joy. Joy. Another characteristic, a deep and abiding inner rejoicing which was promised to those who abide in Christ. Joy. And, and you know, I have a note here. Does not depend on circumstances, 
but it rests on God's sovereign control of all these things. John 15 tells us, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So there's joy, there's peace. An inner quietness that is there even when things are in turmoil around us. You know, I love being around people who have a peace with God, a confidence in God, a confidence in Matthew 6 that God's gonna get them through, that he's gonna take care of all the details. There's a peace it can only come through Christ, a quietness when turmoil's around. Then there's long-suffering. The other, another word for this would be patience. Uh, wrath that is put far away, that's long-suffering. Uh, wrath that is just far from you. You're, you're not easily angered, so to speak. There's a patience in as you, as you do life. A, a fruit that permits the believer to forgive. And forbear others in love. Are we a forgiving follower this morning? Colossians 3 verse 13 tells us this. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So there's patience. There's long-suffering. And then there's kindness. Kindness is, is God's grace in action, acts of kindness toward your enemies. Um, Jesus modeled kindness. You know, in fact, there's a, a, a part in the scriptures where there's frustration that people are bringing the little children to Jesus. And, of course, Christ rebuked them and said, hey, let the little children come. Let them come. You know, we had a, a neat opportunity in our family yesterday. Um, one of my... My sons, who lives here in town, he and his wife uh, have a real heart for adoption and adopting kids. They have one biological kid uh, at this time, and then they have four foster kids. And their oldest foster child, they actually brought home from the hospital about three years ago, August. And uh, yesterday, we got the title for him. Well... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a, I'm glad you're awake. Actually, we got the title several weeks ago, but yesterday we had the party. And there were about 70 of us there. And, uh, you know, they went all out in this party. You know, they had pelicans come and they, they uh, uh, cooked chicken on the grill and hot dogs. You know, that's fancy steak, tube steak, hot dogs. Uh, and, so we, and they had a, 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 a what's it called, a, well, they had inflatables, and, but, and then they also had one other thing, too, where they made soap, uh, the bubble man or foam man. Anyway, the next service will know. We don't go to those things. Uh, but anyway, it was just a big party. And, and this, this is what the T-shirt said. It said this, John 14, 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And here's this little boy who we brought home from the hospital. And you know, it's interesting. Gina Spangler was at the hospital. She works in the uh, labor delivery over there. And she saw the uh, baby right when he was born. And the parents were there and the mom. And, the, you know, it was one of those situations that was very explosive there at the hospital. And she started praying for this little boy right away. And that little boy became a Marburger. And uh, it's just so cool. In fact, uh, their, 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 their slogan at the church they're part of is, is one more, one less. One more for the kingdom, one less that spends eternity apart from God. 
One more person serving in Bible school means one less person not being served is the idea. And, and that's what they had on this shirt, the Bible verse, and then one more and one less. And little Isaiah, our, our new little uh, grandson, uh, had on his shirt, I'm the one that's less. And he walked all around. I almost brought the shirt with you, but it had Kool-Aid and everything on it, you know. Uh, but, but again, I say that because that idea of kindness is so important for us to have, a, a tender concern for others. Jesus had that, and boy, do we need it too. And maybe God's put in your heart uh, the idea for foster care and uh, uh, adoption. You know, we as grandparents, my wife and I, we feel like that's our calling, to be a part of them, to kind of be there, because we see the kids every day. And they come over a lot, and we're glad, and they, uh, they're, they're just a joy to be around. In fact, Isaiah, he's a, he, his, his parents were mixed. So we have, our, our family is just so diverse. We have little white kids. We have little African-American kids. We have little Hawaiian kids. I have a son that lives in Hawaii who's married to a Hawaiian, and we've got a little Hawaiian. So it's really a fun time right now because we just got all kind of shades. <laughs> but the great thing is they're red and yellow, black and white, and they're all precious in his son. All right. Okay, so there's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's long-suffering, there's kindness, and then there's goodness, goodness here. Reaching out to others to do good even when it's not deserved. Moral and spiritual excellence shown in our actions. That's goodness. I love Colossians 3.12 here. It says, therefore, as God's elect, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. That whole idea of, of goodness is, is, is packaged in that verse. And then there's faithfulness. Faithfulness, trust in God and the truths that he tells us in his word. The more he knows about God, the more he believes him. Again, God wants us to develop and nurture our relationship through uh, intimacy with him, through pursuing him. And faithfulness is important here. Gentleness. Another word for that is meekness. It's not weakness. It's a humble and gentle attitude that is patiently submissive in every offense. A mark of a believer who submitted to God's will. Gentleness. And of course, Jesus modeled this. And then self-control, the last one. Living a disciplined life. A living, mature, steadfast life that's not easily influenced by the world. I love this passage. It comes up on the screen here. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When I think of that, that idea of staying with it, staying steadfast, you know, we get older. Sometimes we say, well, I put in my time doing the church thing and serving, but, you know, don't quit. There'll be a crew here serving ice cream tonight, and they've been serving ice cream since I've been here. And I hope they keep serving because I like ice cream. Probably should show some self-control, though, when I eat it, right? Uh, but the idea here is to not give up, to not give up. So these ideas of, 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 of seekers of Christ, they, when, when these come out of our lives, we're, we, we seek personal purity. That's takeaway number two. And then there's one more. We see promised prosperity. Promise prosperity. And this is in that last phrase, all these things shall be added. All these things shall be added. Of course, this doesn't mean, well, we'll name it, we'll claim it for the Lord. Well, it's not that. But the idea is, I believe, 
what Jesus is encouraging us with is what else he is saying in this sermon. Remember, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew is a sermon that he's giving to to disciples. And, and, And what he stresses here is don't worry about your finances. In fact, he's real strong here. He says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither rust destroys or where thieves do not steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So be careful with that. And I have some notes here that I feel like help me with this point. Don't be so in love with money and stuff that that's what drives you. Use what you have to, other, to love others well. And then have a contentment with God's provisions for you. So he mentions finances in this passage. And he mentions food in this passage. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink. You know, and he says, oh, I feed the birds, you'll be okay. So I think that's part of the idea here. And then fitness is mentioned as well. Which of you by worrying can add one cupid to a stature? Well, I think that's, that's, that's safe to say fitness fits. And then one more F, fashion. Don't worry about your clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So he lists things here that, that, that we, we need to be careful of what we are letting him prosper us with and how that prosperity looks in the life of the believer. And I, and I think what he's challenging us with, hey, here's a proper perspective on your fashion, on your food, on, on, on uh, your fitness, and, and what you do with your, your finances. So he, he challenges us with that. And, 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 he, and then as I try to wrap this third point together, I, I want you to think of it this way. Some lessons maybe we can learn. You know, you don't need everything you want. You know, I, I, as I think back, uh, I've, I've wasted money over the years at different times. And, and boy, I, I wish I had that little pile of money on the things I've wasted it on. Um, you don't want everything you need. <laughs> I never wanted one whipping that I ever got, but I needed most of them. God doesn't give us everything we want either. In fact, some of the greatest blessings come on the things that maybe we thought we wanted that we didn't get. I'm so thankful I didn't get that first girlfriend. Uh, Maybe it's a a certain house that you thought you had to have or a promotion that you thought you had to have. Well, and you didn't get that, and maybe you look back and said, you know what, God, you knew what you were doing there. But he does always give us what we need. He'll supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians tells us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So how does this all apply? Live with proper priorities. Seek personal purity. And believe God's promises. So what matters? What truly matters is as we try to allow this to sink into our lives today. Um, you know, uh, I've told you before, we, we lived near the cemetery. 
which is just right in our backyard, and it's a great place to walk. In fact, my wife and the grandkids were walking back there last night. And, uh, but, but, but what's interesting about that cemetery, and I'll, I'll tie this in with a little example at the end, but, you know, there's all kinds of ages in there. There's babies. There's, there's people, actually, that, that were part of the, the Civil War that are buried in there. There's, there's someone buried in there that came to the Cleveland County Fair and uh, got sick and died, and they're buried in there. Uh, the, 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 the pastor who this church was named after, Putnam, is buried in there. So there's all ages in there. And what I've noticed as I walk through there, there's, there's, there's uh, headstones that have maybe the spouse's name, and then there's also the other spouse who's still alive. So they have the year there, and then there's a dash. There's a little dash. And, and, and as I think about that, that dash represents our life. So my question as I bring this together this morning is what are we doing with our dash? This was written about the dash. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel. And be quick and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So, when your eulogy is being read with your life actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spend your dash? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Will you pray with me this morning? We're not going to give an invitation this morning, but I'm going to invite you to spend some time with the Lord as we sit and ponder this challenge from God's word this morning. Are there some priorities maybe that are out of whack that aren't where they need to be in your life? Is there maybe an area of righteousness that you just know you're sideways on, you're not... <laughs> Surrendered in maybe one of these areas of the fruit of the Spirit that we listed here this morning? Are you holding on to the earth and the world's prosperity and not with what God's prosperity is? Examine your heart before we pray. Lord, thank you that you are God, the creator of the universe, the beginning and the end, the God who is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, who doesn't change, who's just perfectly holy without blemish. Help us be men and women in a church family that strives to live out the fruit of the Spirit. Help us truly be seekers pursuing the kingdom of God. Make us so righteous because of our love for Jesus that we attract people to Christ in every area of our life. So, Lord, help us as we 
examine ourselves and seek to live out Matthew 6.33. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.